All right, I think we're going to get started. We've got a lot of ground to cover tonight, and uh, we want to do it in a timely way and see if anybody has any questions. Uh, welcome. Thanks for coming out. This is our uh, official start for midweek and confirmation class. Had one of the gals in the office ask me today, so first class is next week, right? And I said, no, first class is tonight. And uh, the students are the teachers. And the teachers are teaching not only the students, but the parents. And so we want to lay out all the uh, details and the groundwork for our classes this year, what we expect. And, uh, you know, we had a rather abrupt end to things last year. And it was uh, very disconcerting for all of us. And at the same time, um, school is back, we are back, and we'll do our best to provide the best education and uh, instruction in God's Word that we can. When you came in, we asked that you pick up one of these little half sheets of paper to give some uh, instructions while you were waiting. We need, uh, hopefully by the end of tonight, before you leave, we need one of these midweek student information forms filled out for each student and fill it out as much as you can. If there's some dates or things on there you don't know, that's okay. Uh, but fill it out as much as you can and then we'll pick those up at the end of tonight. I have an agenda for what we want to cover tonight and it says parent-student meeting September 2, 2020, that should say 2020-2021, midweek confirmation. So this sheet of paper is neither inspired nor inerrant. If you don't know what those terms mean, then you need to come to class. Um, and we want to begin where we need to begin, and that's with God's Word. Normally, I would share Matthew 10, 32-33. But in light of everything that's been going on in our world today, I want to add a couple of verses to that. The verses immediately preceding those two verses, 32 and 33, from Matthew 10. And this is a section where Jesus is teaching about persecution and how persecution will come. Persecution from the world, persecution from Satan, even persecution from our own sinful flesh. And at the conclusion of this little section, Jesus talks about fear. A lot of fear going on in our world. Jesus says, do not fear. So, Matthew 10, you'll find a spot here in the light, beginning at verse 34. No, I guess it's going to be a little bit before that. I can't read the small type. Anyway, so have no fear, for nothing is opened that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say it in the light. And whether you hear, and when you hear what happened, proclaim it on the housetops. And do not fear those who will kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? 
and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of much more value than many sparrows. And now the two verses that are really the uh, important verses for our confirmation year and confirmation instruction. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Confirmation is one of those kind of strange animals. It's not commanded or instituted by God in the Bible. Confirmation is a man-made rite, R-I-T-E. It's a man-made ceremony. Most of us were baptized when we were little children or maybe even tiny babies. At that time, we did not have an opportunity to publicly acknowledge, publicly confess that we really believe this stuff. Confirmation is an aid, a guide, a tool to teach the importance of God's word. Now, hopefully this is going on in the home on a regular basis right now. If it hasn't been, now's a good time to start. What we'll do here at the church is supplement that, enhance it, increase it, intensify it so that at the particular time, the students will be able to stand up before God and the whole world and say, I really believe this stuff. I really believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I really believe that God created the world by the power of his word. I really believe that the Holy Spirit has created faith in my heart. I really believe that Christ's body and blood is really present in, with, and under bread and wine. I really believe it. In fact, I believe it, and I would rather die than not confess it. That's the goal of confirmation. So that our children, our young adults, can stand before the altar of God, before God himself, and make that public confession, make that public acknowledgement. And so, we follow Luther's guide in this. We follow the six chief parts of the catechism. The Bible is really digested into six parts of doctrine, and that will be the outline for our study to make sure that we have a good grounding for that study of the six chief parts. We have an intensive review of the most important Bible passages in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So that is our structure and our plan. Two years of Bible, two years of catechism. The structure that we have we put in place four years ago in 2016. We tried a, a lot of different things, a lot of different methods and methodologies, and this uh, new format that we have done, three years complete now, has been a great blessing. 
It's been a great blessing for families. It's been a great blessing for the congregation. Been a great blessing for, I don't know where Pastor Moline went. Been a, uh, been a great, I bored him already. Been a great blessing for our instructors as well. And we pray that it will be a great blessing for you. On the sheet that says, Changes in midweek confirmation instruction. Now, for many of you, you didn't know how we did it before, so the changes uh, uh, are nothing new. This is just our structure. But this is what we put in place four years ago. And in a nutshell, we did away with age distinctions. Before we began in the fifth grade or whenever people showed up and then by the time people hit the eighth grade everybody expected to be confirmed whether they had completed the instruction or the material or not. We've been encouraging parents to start their children younger. We've had great success with people that have been starting their kids in the third grade as long as their reading comprehension is average and they can behave in class, that's been good. We've had even a couple of exceptional second graders that have been able to handle the material as well. And so the ages and the grades are not that big of a deal to us. We want people who want to learn. We want people who will take the class seriously and we have two years of Bible, and after successful completion of the two years of Bible, two years of catechism. Now, we've had a couple of people that have started later. We've been able to work with them and uh, maybe do some accelerating, either with the Bible or with the catechism part. Uh, it takes a lot of work, uh, a lot of work outside of class, but we've been able to do that as well. So, Pastor, uh, what are we doing this year, Old Testament or New Testament? Old Testament. Old Testament stories this year. And so Bible 1 or Bible 2, um, you just need one year in the Old Testament, one year in the New Testament. So if you were here with Pastor Moline last year with his uh, uh, New Testament class, and that was your first time with Pastor Moline or Pastor Morundi was before him, as uh, soon as you get both of those Old Testament and New Testament classes done and you're far enough along the line with the memory work catechism program, then you can get into my class. And we have two years of catechism, catechism one and catechism two. So um, you can start at any age as long as the uh, parents and pastors agree that they can handle it. We've had a couple of younger students that uh, maybe were not quite mature enough for the catechism class that I teach, uh, especially some of the topics that we teach around the Sixth Commandment. And uh, we want to make sure that the, the kids are uh, old enough and mature enough so that they can handle that subject matter. We have two separate memory work things going on at the same time. We have one or two Bible passages of memory work that is due each week. And so you have a memory work schedule. The pastors or the vicar will be here 
usually around five o'clock. And so the students can come in before class and say their memory work to their instructor. They'll say their memory work to one of us. It goes pretty fast. Uh, it's only one or two Bible passages. And for the older students, the uh, Bible passages are the same. They may become a little faster, but they're the same. And repetition is the mother of all learning. In addition to that, we have, if you look down on the bottom, where it says Catechism Memory Work Program. And we have some booklets. If you have these, great. If you don't, there's a stack of these booklets over there. You can grab one on your way out. Catechism Memory Work Program. It's just basically Luther's small catechism. Not the questions and answers part. It's just basically Luther's small catechism. That's what we want the kids to memorize. So, in order to be in Pastor Moline's class, we really need to be at level two. When you brought your kids to the baptismal font, you promised that you would teach them the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. Now I know sometimes that happens and sometimes that doesn't. So if you have the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer down, no problem with class next Wednesday in Pastor Moline's class. If you don't, you're behind. And so we really need to start working on those three items immediately and get caught up with that so we can move forward. To be in my class, in uh, the uh, catechism class, catechism one or catechism two, we really need to have completed level four. To have completed level four. Right off the bat, our first questioning is the Ten Commandments. So we really need to know and have memorized the Ten Commandments and the meanings. If we are not there, and you're done with Pastor Moline's class and ready for mine, and you don't know the meanings to the Ten Commandments, uh, you're behind. And so we really need to work hard to get caught up. Because once we get behind, it's pretty hard to get caught up. So those are the levels. And you can say those levels either to the pastor or to the vicar or to one of the elders um, in uh, unusual circumstances, mom or dad or grandma or grandpa, but uh, you're going to be quizzed on that to make sure that we know them and have them down pat. It's all laid out in level form in this little booklet right here. So, um, the questioning is for Catechism 2 students only, for those who are about to be confirmed. We used to have one big questioning at the end of the year, and that got a little bit stressful, not only for the students, but especially for the instructor. And so now we have broken out the uh, questioning into four smaller units. Each one of those questionings takes about 10 or 12 minutes. And we'll be doing all of those on Wednesday evenings 
this year. I'll get to that part of the schedule in a little bit. Confirmation is now a part of the Easter Vigil service. And so for those of you that will be in the uh, Catechism 2 section, you can plan that date right now already. It's the Saturday before Easter. It is a part of the four-part Easter Vigil service. And of all the changes we've made, that has probably been the coolest, the uh, uh, most widely loved and accepted, all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's really really drawn a lot of extra attention to that Easter Vigil service, and uh, it's really pretty cool. The um, efforts to beef up our Sunday school instruction and participation have gone very, very well, but back in March when everything was shut down, our Sunday school went away. And trying to revive Sunday school this year has been virtually impossible because we haven't been able to secure teachers to do it. And so what we started, oh, I don't know, about six weeks ago or so is family Bible study right here in this room. We have families uh, socially distanced at these tables, families studying God's word together we had such a great turnout that we had to set up other rooms and uh, closed circuit TV. Can I call it that? Yeah, I think that everybody gets that. So we've got the uh, former Sunday school room set up that way. And so for now and for the time being, Sunday school is families together. Families together. And the topic that we are studying right now is worship. So a very, very important and a very timely topic for us to be addressing. Um, we have the uh, memory work program there, and uh, if we have any other questions about that, we can uh, address those later. I'm not going to go through this, but if you want to know what our goals are, this sheet, A Change in Thinking Regarding Catechesis, that's the formal name for instruction in the church, catechesis. You can, uh, you can take a look at that, and I'm not going to read that to you. You can look at that on your own. But these are the goals that we hope to accomplish in our instruction. Let's take a look at this uh, agenda and get back to that. And we'll talk about some of the specifics of what our classes are going to look like and what our classes are going to look like this year. Class begins at 5.30 sharp. Now I know that some of you may be coming from uh, a distance. If that's going to be a problem, uh, you know, traffic-wise or getting a bite to eat before you can get here, whatever, talk to Pastor Mo Moline or myself about that and uh, just get here as close to 5.30 as possible. And then you can say your memory work after class. Otherwise, we'll be here as close to 5 o'clock as possible. Come in, say your memory work. We need to get started at 5.30 sharp. At about 6.20 or so, uh, just depends on which one of us is preaching. If we're preaching, class will probably get out by 6.20. 
If we're not preaching, we'll stretch it out as long as we can to 625 or 626. So on those Wednesdays when Vicar is preaching, then uh, you know, you'll get a few extra minutes from both of us. But we'll, we'll leave enough time for a bathroom break or whatever, and then we'll move to the sanctuary. Class is over when church is over. So our Wednesday evening worship service is built in to our Wednesday evening instruction. And I really need your help here. Um, more than a little bit, somebody will come up and say, oh, you know, I have a lot of homework tonight and I can't stay for church. Or, uh, you know, we have a family gathering tonight and I can't stay for church. Um, try to align schedules, and I know some of this is not in your control, try to align your schedules, your personal schedules, homework schedules and all that, so that you can make time for church. It is vitally important that being in God's house and the worship service and the instruction that we have go together. Go together. When... Um, when families are able to be in church together, that's an awesome thing. Sit together. And if uh, mom or dad can't get here right away at 6.30 when church starts, well, we'll make sure that we have some kind of, either by the elders or the vicar or whatever, some kind of uh, adult supervision so we don't have uh, kids uh, roaming the attic or the parking lot until you get here. Uh, don't laugh. We've had those uh, situations in the past. So I just need your help with regard to the importance of the class and worship together as a unit. Back in the olden days, like last year, we had congregational meals during Advent and Lent. It was a great thing, a great fellowship opportunity, and that basically meant that nine Wednesdays out of the confirmation year, you had a free meal. Well, I'm not really sure what's going to happen this year. As of right now, we are very, very limited with regard to food uh, being distributed in uh, the church. That may all change suddenly, that may stay with us for the whole year. We just don't know at this point in time. When we had our vicar farewell back in July, we had a modified potluck meal, which meant you ate what you brought in your pot. We didn't share any food. You brought your own food, and uh, it went very, very well. We may have something like that during Advent and Lent. I don't know at this point in time. And so as soon as we know some more of those details, we'll send notes home with the students and we'll get all that information out. As of right now, that is a giant question mark. Communion. Back in the olden days, like March, we had two Wednesdays a month where we did not have the Lord's Supper. Since the uh, pandemic has hit and church attendance has been different 
We have uh, some people that are uh, nervous about coming to church, nervous about being around large, large crowds. Some people that normally came on Sundays now come on Wednesday nights because it's a little smaller group. Some people come once a month instead of once a week. Those kind of things. When we came back to church May 10th, the elders decided that every Sunday service and every Wednesday service would be a communion service. We didn't want people who maybe only came to church sporadically to miss out on the Lord's Supper. And so that schedule is with us and it will probably be with us for the foreseeable future. For So every Sunday service, every Wednesday service is a communion service. It gives us a great opportunity not only to distribute the body and blood of Christ to God's people, but it gives us an extra opportunity to sing a couple of extra hymns every Sunday, which is always a great thing. It does mean that the service will be about 10 minutes longer than a non-communion service. We're working on streamlining our communion distribution, and I think we'll have uh, some changes. We'll be back at the rail instead of out in no man's land. Uh, I think we'll be back at the rail probably by mid-September or so. So we're, we're working toward that. We've got an elders meeting next Wednesday night and we'll be discussing that. Uh, behavior, just behave, just behave. Uh, parents, you know your kids. If they get wound up by sugar, uh, try not to give them any sugar before class. If it helps for them to have a little food in their belly before class, have a little food in their belly before class. We have, we have uh, several families that you know stop at Subway or Burger King or you know whatever their favorite place is, or bring a sandwich or whatever, and eat before class. That's okay, no problem with that. Just um, help us out here. It is very, very rare that we have to call mommy and daddy and say, little Billy or little Sally can't behave in class and we need you to come and sit and hold their hand and all that kind of stuff. We don't wanna do that. Um, you know, we're preparing for confirmation. We have young adults that we're dealing with. And so just behave, take it serious and when class starts, cell phones go away. When class starts, cell phones go away. If it's 10 minutes before class and the cell phones are a distraction, cell phones go away. Bring your Bible, bring your catechism. I don't want to hear, oh, I forgot my Bible. I'm just looking up the Bible on my phone. No, we'll find you a Bible here. Cell phones go away. Somebody really, really smart by the name of Jesus said, lead us not into temptation. And so the temptation of the cell phone and text messaging and social media and all that kind of stuff, uh, we just put them away. If it becomes a problem, then Pastor Poppy or Pastor Moline acquires the cell phone. And the only way you get it back is if mommy or daddy asked for it back. 
So hopefully that threat of public embarrassment will be enough that we won't have to deal with it. you have anything more to say on that, Pastor? Okay. All right. Hope and pray that's not, uh, not an issue. Safety precautions. All right. This is what everybody is uh, talking about. Everything is in flux right now. We have one of our elders, Rich Lichtenfeld, is the head of our Congregational Safety Committee. We've been working really, really, really hard to uh, follow the government uh, recommendations, mandates, and uh, also use some common sense. And so uh, we are encouraging everybody to socially distance, be respectful of other people, if you're sick, especially the coughing and sneezing kind of sick, stay home. Stay home. If you are comfortable or more comfortable with your student wearing a mask the whole time they're here, that's fine, no problem. If you don't want to wear a mask, that's fine, no problem. Be respectful of other people's decisions. And, um, you know, um, as far as the parents and instructors go, we're all adults. Use your common sense. And we are, after tonight, when we find out what our numbers are, as far as how many students will be with Pastor Moline and how many students will be with me, back in the olden days, like March, and all the years before that, my class met in room 109, Pastor Moline's class met in room 106. There is a very good chance that we are gonna have too many students, which is a good thing, that we are not going to be able to fit in those two classrooms and have class the way we did back in the olden days. And so there is a good chance that one of our classes will be meeting right here in the fellowship hall. Again, we can spread out. And if we need more room, then the other class will meet in the sanctuary. Now the sanctuary is not ideal because you don't have tables where you can lay your stuff out on and all that kind of stuff. But we'll assess that after tonight with regard to the numbers in each class. And uh, if we need to utilize both the fellowship hall and the sanctuary space, my class, Catechism 1 and 2, will be in the sanctuary. It'll be a little bit easier for me in there than uh, Pastor Moline's class. We have bottles of uh, disinfectant everywhere in the church. I say that and I don't have one right here on my desk now. But uh, they're all over in the church. If somebody wants to wear a mask and they forgot their mask, we've got a box of masks right by the front door on the table. Uh, they're free. So uh, we, want, we want everybody to be as comfortable and um, utilize the precautions and common sense that uh, we need to so that we can successfully have our class. We do not anticipate anything happening in the future like happened in March. This, um, this uh, pandemic, this uh, coronavirus was new or novel 
and uh, everybody was making some decisions and you know we we went along with the whole 15 days to slow the spread and so we canceled everything here at the church for what we thought was going to be two weeks and then two weeks became three weeks and three weeks became four weeks and four weeks became six weeks and we lost Holy Week and we lost Easter and we lost uh, a major part of our confirmation instruction time and then we wanted to open things back up here in the church and people were reluctant to come and um, it, it has been really, really challenging and really, really difficult. Our plan, good Lord willing, our plan is to have face-to-face, -face, socially distanced, face-to-face, in-person instruction throughout the year. That is our plan going in. Now, if something changes dramatically in our country, um, we will make the appropriate steps. The elders and the safety committee have been uh, on top of this from day one, and uh, we, will, we will do what we need to do but we want to make sure that we provide the opportunity for uh, your kids to get the best confirmation instruction possible. Pastor, any other comments on the safety stuff? Talk to us. If you have questions or a concern, just let us know. We're happy to, to listen and uh, figure out a plan. Um, don't, don't be afraid to do that. The masks are really, really a challenge for Pastor Poppy. I'm 80% deaf in my right ear. I'm 40% deaf in my left ear. If I can't see your lips move, I have to guess what you're saying. It's a real challenge. So, if you're talking to me and you think I'm ignoring you, it's probably simply because I can't hear you. And so, if I'm staring at you, I'm not trying to freak you out, it's just I'm trying to figure out what you're saying. And so, we'll survive, we'll manage. Um, Pastor Mo Moline makes lots of fun of the uh, old gray deaf pastor, but um, we'll, we'll get through it together. And when it comes to saying memory work to me, I'm just gonna need uh, the students to speak loud and clearly if you're wearing a mask so that we don't have to say it three or four times, which increases everybody's uh, stress level. Okay, class format, we've covered a lot of that. When you get here, you say your memory work. After the memory work is done, my class begins with a little bit of uh, devotion. We have a section of the catechism that we are going to study that particular night. Everything flows from the Bible, God's Word. And then we will spend a portion of our night going over the questioning question. There are about 170, give or take, questioning questions. Now that sounds overwhelming, doesn't it? Divide it by four, 
And then if there's 10 people in your class, divide it by 10. It's not near as scary as it seems. And again, repetition is the mother of all learning. By the time you get to the point of questioning, you will know it so well that you'll be able to make a public confession of faith rather than a guess. And so that is the format. Pastor Moline's format is similar, except there is one Bible passage, one section of Scripture that is designated, like a Sunday school story, advanced teaching, one Bible story that's being taught. And even though he's teaching the Bible and the content of the Bible story, he will also start to connect the dots, how this Bible passage connects us to what goes on on Sunday morning and Wednesday night in the worship service. How this Bible passage connects us to certain parts of the catechism. How this Bible passage connects us to how Christians live their life in a real world. And so it begins already in those classes and then we take that and we expand it even more when uh, we get to our classes. Materials. Pastor Moline will provide a booklet for everybody in his class. That is, uh, that is uh, Pastor Moline's self-published uh, masterpiece. And, and both years are in that book, right? Both years are in the book, so keep it for both years. If you lose it or it's destroyed to the point you can't use it, they are $20 for the replacement, but your first one the church gets you. Okay, so you got a book from Pastor Moline, and should they should new students pick that up tonight? Yes. yes. And okay. That way I know if I need to order anymore. Okay, and uh, there there are no uh, booklets or anything like that in my class. So that for in Pastor Moline's class is provided. You need to bring a Bible to class. Now, back in the olden days, we said an NIV or an ESV translation, either one is fine. The Bible passages in the Catechism are in the ESV translation, English Standard Version, ESV. Everything in our hymnal is in the ESV. So... If you have an NIV that you've been using and want to finish using, that's okay. Otherwise, we prefer an ESV Bible. For all new students, we have a free ESV Bible for you. So if you've gotten one in the past, we don't have a free one for you. We have lots of them that we'll say. But all new students, whatever grade or age or whatever, all new students get an ESV Bible. It's this one right here. It's a nice hardback pew edition. We have nine of them. We have nine of them. So if, you're gonna, if you need one, there's a sheet over there. If you take one, just sign your name. Or I should say maybe print your name so we can read it. We've got nine of them here. If more than nine need a Bible, I think we've got like 
10 more spots on there. Write your name so we know how many more to order. Okay? All right. So we've got nine of those. So bring your Bible to class. If you're in Pastor Moline's class, bring your workbook to class. We need you to bring in my class. Do they need a catechism in your class, Pastor? It's helpful, but not required. Okay. In my class, Catechism 1 and 2, you need to bring your catechism. You need to bring your catechism. It's a maroon cover, just like that one. If you, uh, if you have one, great. If not, we've got some on hand. If we need more, we can order them. When I started here, catechisms were $4.50 a piece. Now they're almost 20 bucks a piece. So that's either inflation or a pastor who's been here a long time. Maybe both. So you need a catechism. In Pastor Moline's class, it's helpful, but not mandatory. In my class, you got to have it. That's our workbook. That catechism is our workbook. Bible, catechism, and in my class, you need something to write in. A spiral notebook, a three-ring note, a three-ring binder with blank pieces of paper in it. It doesn't matter. But something, something that has paper, paper in it that you can take notes in. Because you'll find out very quickly if I write it on the board, it's important enough for you to write down. And most notebooks have a little pocket in the front like this one does. And then you can stick important papers in there and all that kind of stuff. Thanks, Gordon. Um, so that's it. That's it for the materials. Pastor Moline's workbook or a spiral notebook, three ring binder, blank pages for my class. Bible, catechism. That's it. Uh, let's see here. And again, if you need a Bible, if you haven't gotten a freebie from the church yet, we've got nine of them over here available. Sermon outline forms really kind of fit in this material thing. We'll make sure that we have sermon outline forms available in class. There's always a stack of sermon outline forms available on the information booth. We've got a couple of hiding places back in room 109 for extra sheets of paper, all these things that are here. So if you lose one or need one, um, there's a white kind of filing cabinet with drawers in it. There's always extra stuff back in there. So we'll make sure that the materials are here and available. Sunday worship and Sunday school. Well, there is no Sunday school per se, except for our family Bible study. So please come. And God is the one who said, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Probably a pretty good thing he said it, but... Uh, Pretty much anybody in my class will be able to tell you the Pastor Poppy paraphrase of the third commandment. Natalie, do you remember? 
It starts with the word go. Vivian, go, go to church, go to church. It's really simple, go to church. It works like this. Many of you have a, a, a little day planner, notebook kind of a thing where you keep your schedule. Okay, maybe you do it on your, on your phone, but it works like this. Mark down every Sunday for the rest of your life. It's real simple. Go to church. Go to church. Go to church. Families being in church sends shivers up my spine. Pastor Moline is learning. But there is no noisy kid that can get louder than Pastor Poppy. That's where it comes in handy being mostly deaf because I just talk loud all the time. So, if at all possible, be in church. It's just a really good thing. On your little form that you filled out, um, the service that you prefer to go to, the 8 or 10.30, we'll put together an acolyte schedule for any new acolytes. We'll have training in the next couple of weeks. We have weekly assignments with the memory work. Catechism memory work levels we'll do as we can. Students in my class, Catechism 1 and 2, will do essays. Catechism 1 will do an essay and it will be posted in the church. Catechism 2 will uh, do an oral essay in the congregation. Last year we only got to hear about half of them, unfortunately. We thought long and hard about uh, recording them and putting them on our YouTube church service, and then we thought about um, recording young boys and girls and putting them out on YouTube, and uh, there's, lots of, uh, there's lots of naughty people out there in the world, and so we just decided against that. For the acolytes, it is a little different for everyone. For right now, we're not having acolytes collect the individual cups. Uh, and so it would just be lighting the candles at the beginning and putting them out at the end. And if things get better, then we'll worry about the communion hub. Okay, thank you. Uh, sermon outlines, Catechism 1 has the, uh, owes me 20 sermon outlines. Catechism 2 owns, owes me 25 sermon outlines. Pastor, what do you do in your class? 15 and 20. 15 for first-year students. 20 for second year students. Um, Christmas program, we have a Christmas program scheduled for Wednesday, December 16. I have no idea what that's going to look like. I have no idea if it'll be a Christmas program like we've done in the past, if it'll be more of a choral concert uh, with Bible passages in between. I don't know. But we do have... Uh, children's choir, which back in the olden days was called Sunday School Opening, that will start, is that, is that this Sunday or next Sunday? This Sunday. This Sunday. This Sunday. So at 9.30, 9.30 in the sanctuary, sing a little bit and then join your family for Bible study. That'll start this Sunday. Um, we don't know again what's going to happen. 
We may need some extra classes, especially if we have a heavy snow year. Our blanket snow policy is real simple. If Lincoln Public School calls off uh, a school because of snow, there's no midweek or confirmation that evening. For those of you that don't live in the Lincoln Public School District, use your common sense. If it's too dangerous to drive, just stay home. Just give us a call so we're not worried about you. Um, we have a confirmation retreat that we encourage our 5th, 6th, and 7th, and 8th graders to go to. Um, this year, this past year, it was called off because of the pandemic. It's at Camp Comica in Cozad. I don't have any information about that this year. It's usually right around Memorial Day. If you take a look now at your class schedule, this will be the last thing and then we'll bring it to a close. It's kind of a goofy calendar because uh, I like tabs. And uh, that tells you how old I am as well. So there you see September 2, student parents meeting. These are the Wednesdays between now and the end of May. You'll see highlighted things there. We have class every Wednesday. On November 11, the essay topic is due for Catechism 1 and 2. November 25, Thanksgiving Eve, no class. No class, December 23, December 30, and Janu uh, January 6. And the essay topic is due January 13. We tried to follow the Lincoln Public Schools calendar as much as possible. The only other no class is March 10, and that's the Wednesday during spring break for Lincoln Public Schools. Otherwise, we'll have class every Wednesday unless it's noted here. The important dates for questioning and confirmation are listed. If anybody would like a home visit, by one of the pastors, just let us know. We're happy to do that. Just in general or about confirmation or about anything, we're happy to do that. If you uh, are more comfortable coming in and seeing one of the pastors in the office, that's fine too. Um, pastor, do you have anything you want to add? No, just uh, work hard. If you're in my class, my philosophy always is, is I'm not responsible if you pass or not. Your student is. If they do all the work, they're good to go. If they don't, um, then that's also their decision whether or not they do well. And so uh, we'll act accordingly in my, my end of things. I have high expectations, but I know you can do them. And uh, hopefully have a little fun as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of important things to do in life. And I would submit that the most important time that uh, your students will be spending for the next seven months, eight months, will be Wednesday evening in God's Word and in God's house. Because God's Word is the Word of forgiveness, the Word of salvation, the Word of eternal life. Last thing over here. We have a...
stack of Pastor Moline's workbooks. You got nine Bibles. Remember, be the social distance, respect everybody's space when you come over here. There's a stack of sermon outline forms if you want to get started tonight. A big stack of Catechism Memory Work programs. A sign-up sheet if you take a Bible or need a Bible. And extra copies of everything else that's on your table. I think that's all. Nope. Oh, Rich. Um, for those of you that haven't been to church for the last couple months, we have the doorkeeper taking attendance instead of passing the attendance booklets in the pews. So your kids are already going to be here, but as you show up, expect to go through that process to check in at the front desk as you come in. And then that brings up another thing. If, uh, in a, if there's a day that your, your child isn't staying for church for some reason, we really need you to come and get them. We can't have them out where people are trying to come in and do their social distancing and, and come in in an orderly manner. So if, if for some reason your student is not able to stay for church, please come and get them so we don't have them running all over the parking lot and we worry about something happening to them and also just to keep the entryway open. Okay, okay. thanks, thanks. And yeah, we're not passing the collection plate, we're not passing the attendance book. So we take attendance at the front door, we have a box where you can put your offering. So that's, those are the big worship changes right now. And we're doing individuals or families for the distribution of the Lord's Supper. We'd love to have you all stay for church. Let's close with the benediction. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be and abide with you all. Amen. Amen. If you're coming up here to the front table, come on up. Be respectful. If you're not, you can exit out that back door, and then that way we won't coagulate everybody on the front. I wonder about that as I was as I was waiting on. Thanks, Kirby. I'll take it. Okay. Thank you.